right. There he Woo! is. Got All right. My, got my toolbox today. Got my toolbox today. So where are my kids at? Come on. Where are my kids at? Here we are. Oh, man. We're really heavy over here. We've got a few few over here. But um, kids, what is this? It's a toolbox. What do you, what do, you do with a toolbox? Yeah, you, you put tools in it, right? All right, I need, I need, I need three volunteers. Oh, man, okay. Let's do, let's do you right here. Let's do um, Aiden, come on, and Abigail. Come on. Okay, now, here's what we're going to do. I want you guys to reach in here, and I want you to grab something out of there and tell me what it is. Actually, sorry, we need... I need one more volunteer. Who wants to come? Somebody just come. Just run up. Yes. Oh, two people. Hey, this is good. This is good. This is good. This is great. In fact, I got some screws. I got some screws. Come on. Screw. All right, here we go. All right, wrench. All right, now, what do you have? Abigail's got a drill. You've got a screw. You've got a what? What is that? That's a wrench. What's that? It's a screwdriver, right? Okay, so what do we do with these things, right? We use these tools to help us build something, right? Okay, now, let's put them all back real quick. I wanna show you guys something. All right, now, I want you to try to drill this screw in with this and tell me if that's gonna work. Press that button down. Okay, what's going on right there? Is that working? No, why is it not working? It's not working because it needs a battery. Okay, this is a drill. You can't use a drill without a battery, yes? Okay, so, unless it's a kid drill. <laughs> he got me on that one. All right, so I'm going to get my handy-dandy screwdriver here. We are going to unscrew this. Okay, let's get this off, guys. There we go. All right, now let's grab a couple batteries out of here. All right, Andrew's prepared today. Come on. All right, got some AA batteries. Pop those in. Pop the top on here. Now we got to screw this in, don't we? All right, let's see. All right, let's give it one more shot. What do you think? Hey! It's working. Here, let's let's show everybody. Let's show everybody. All right, it's working, right? All right, so now, kids, I got one more question for you. If you had a whole bunch of toys, right? You guys have toys, like, in your room, right? You have a, probably a toy box or something. You have more than 200 toys? Can I come to your house? Come on. That's amazing. So, so let me, guys, uh, let me ask you a question. If you have toys in your room, are you going to play with those toys? Yeah, because most likely unless they're old. That's a, that's a very, it's an honest answer. Yeah. So you're going to play with the toys, right? So here's the example I want to give. So I'm going to talk this morning about the gifts of the Spirit. Now, if we have gifts that the Holy Spirit has given us, like toys, we should use them, right? Yeah, we should use them. In fact, I would go so far as to say, like this drill, remember the drill analogy where we had to put the batteries in? I think sometimes we as believers are trying to use a drill without the battery. You guys get where I'm going with this? We have, a, we, have, we have the gospel, right? We have Jesus within us. We have the Holy Spirit 
right here, but we're, we're not using the drill. We're not, we're not properly using the gifts that he's given us, and we're not, we don't have a battery. I feel like the Holy Spirit this morning wants to empower us to use the gifts of the Spirit like a battery that when you put that battery in this drill, it does what it was intended to do. It has the ability to fulfill its greater purpose, right? What, what's part of our purpose? Jesus said, go into all the world, preach the gospel, heal, the, heal cast out demons. And actually in Mark 16, he even says to use various tongues, to go forth in tongues. So if, if the Holy Spirit has given us these gifts, right, kids, shouldn't we use them? We should use them, right? All right, you guys can go back. Thank you so much. Yeah, that was awesome. Give them a hand. That was so good. So this morning, I'm going to talk about the gifts of the Spirit. Now, this is probably one of the most controversial topics in church, unfortunately. Unfortunately, it is. And I think, if I'm going to be honest, I think we have a lot of believers that are that need to understand biblically the gifts that we have access to. I'm not just talking about like you've been to a charismatic service, come on, this, this would be considered that, right? We have things happening in here and sometimes I think it's easy to go, whoa, I don't know what's going on over there. I don't know why that person just decided to speak out in a weird language. I don't know why that person over there knew that my knee was hurting. Uh, what's going on, right? And biblically, see, we can have these things happen in a service, but it's important to look at it biblically, right? You need the foundation of the word of God to undergird everything that you do. And one of the things that I see a lot of people, they're like, oh, all these churches that are doing all this stuff, like, they don't, they're not actually getting it out of here. And I'm like, no, we actually are getting it out of here. Because Paul has a lot to say about the gifts of the Spirit. So if you have your Bible, come on, everybody, raise your Bible up. We need, we need your Bible. Oh, I love that. Turn to 1 Corinthians 12. Come on, I'm, the Holy Spirit's going to give some drills and wrenches and screwdrivers out this morning. It's going to be good. All right, so listen, as I read this, I want to start by saying I know that we have a lot of different people with a lot of different backgrounds in here. I grew up in this environment, so for me, I'm t like this is I'm used to everything that goes on. In fact, I'm used to even wilder things, because <laughs> in some of the renewals, some of the times where we've had some crazy things happen, the revivals. When you read about revival, you don't read about these nice services where we're all just kind of yeah, let's go watch football afterwards and eat lunch. No, 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 no. The Holy Spirit crashes in. Come on, we need a return. We need a return back to the fullness of what the Holy Spirit has put within us. He's within you, but guess what? Multiple times in Acts, he came and he rested upon them. He rested upon them. Acts 2 at Pentecost. So I just want to say this morning, I, I want to just say it's okay to be uncomfortable. In fact, I actually love the honesty of like, hey, I'm uncomfortable in this environment. I am great with that. 
Because that means that the Lord is moving, and there's things that you maybe you don't understand, maybe you're not quite used to yet, but I want to just try to bring some teaching. And so I'm, I'm aware in this room that when I say gifts of the Spirit, then there may be some preconceived thoughts that go through your mind. Yes? Some of you may be coming from a place of pain and hurt over the gifts. Because unfortunately, the gifts haven't always been used in the right manner. They haven't always been used with order. There is, there is abuse. Let's just say it for what it is. Sometimes the gifts get abused. And I hate that. It grieves my heart when that happens. So I just want to say that there, there may be some of you that that's happened to you. you may, there may be some in this room that maybe you, you've been told you grew up in an environment that preached that the gifts don't exist today. We would call that, um, if we're going to be in a seminary class, Theology 101, we would call that cessationism, right? So you're, there's cessationists and there's continuationists. Come on, that's a big word. Continuationists, what does that mean? It means that the gifts continue. They didn't end in with the apostles. Cessationists would say that the gifts ended. Can I tell you, there's not a single verse in the Bible that says that. Not one. Not a single verse in the Bible says, and the gifts ended with the apostles. It's not there, unless you create your own translation, and don't do that. Uh-oh, but we have some people, okay, not going to go there. And then the last group I'm aware of is maybe, maybe you've heard about the gifts, but you don't believe in them, and I think part of that reason may be because you don't have biblical framework for it. Like, you need to see it in here. You need to see it in here. Listen, everything that, that, that I, if I, everything I say, everything Jason says, Wesley says, Nikki says, my mom says, every, everything that we say up here, you need to take it and you need to look for it and you need to find it in here. Doesn't matter who it is. It doesn't matter if it's a preacher that you're like, man, I, I believe everything that they say. Don't just believe something. Get it in here. Find it in the word of God. We, this church, I believe this church, I'm going to prophesy right here. I believe this church is called to be a forerunner church. And here's one of the things I believe that we are forerunnering. The merging of the word and the spirit. Because you cannot have one without the other. We've got word and we've got spirit. And the truth is that you can't have one without the other because the word always undergirds the spirit and the spirit always undergirds the word. Always. Oh man, we're preaching. Come on. So my hope this morning is to be able to really just go through this and just give you some framework here. So I'm going to start here in 1 Corinthians 12 verse 7. And we're going to kind of breeze through just a quick, here's what the gifts are. And then I want to specifically focus on one gift this morning. All right, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same what? Spirit. And there are varieties of ministries and the same Lord. There are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things in all persons. Thank you, Lord. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. And to another, the word of knowledge, according to the same spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit. And to another, gifts of healing by the one spirit. And to another, the effecting of miracles. 
and to another prophecy, and to another the distinguishing of spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one just as he wills. Let's continue in verse 12. For just as the body is one and yet has many parts, thank you, Lord, that we're not that we have all the parts coming together. Though they are many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jew or Greek, whether slave or free, and we were all made to drink of one spirit. That's so good. Come on. Paul packs so much in there. So, the gifts of the Spirit, what are they? Somebody yell one out. Healing, prophecy, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, distinguishing of spirits, gift of faith, various kinds of tongues, and interpretation of tongues. So in total, there are how many? Does someone know? Nine. There's nine total mentioned here, okay? Now, I'm not going to talk about all nine. It would take us months. We would do a whole series about it because I don't want to just throw things out there. We need to, we need to like really get in, okay? Because this morning, I feel that I'm supposed to come and I'm supposed to teach. Like, we are going to teach this morning. So welcome to class. It's going to be good. All right, so one point I want to make is that if you have been here for any length of time, even one Sunday, right, you know that we here at Convergence, we believe in all the gifts. Not just some of them, all of them. Not only do we believe in all the gifts, but we believe that all of the gifts are for today. They're for today. Now, one of the passages that some people point to that maybe was, was brought up in a church was 1 Corinthians 13, 8, where it says... Love never fails, but if there are gifts of prophecy, they will be done away with. If there are tongues, they will cease. If there is knowledge, it will be done away. Some people cherry-pick that verse to say that the gifts don't exist today. They say that they've, they've, they've gone away. Okay? But I want you to read two verses down. What does it say? But when the perfect comes, uh-oh, here we go, the partial will be done away with. What is Paul saying? He's saying the gifts will be done away with when Jesus comes back. Why? Because there's not a reason for them anymore because Jesus is here. Woo! Come on. So you can't cherry pick that verse and say the gifts don't exist. You have to read the context. You have to understand what Paul is saying. He's saying when Jesus returns, when the perfect comes, the partial, what we have a partial understanding of will be done away with. Oh, come on. Come, Lord Jesus. That's amazing. John in, four, in, in John 14, 12, John says, Jesus says this, He who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works. Does greater mean greater here? Yes. It doesn't mean less than. Greater. Greater works. Let's move on in John. John 14, verse 16. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, so that he may be with you forever. The helper is the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it does not see him or know him. But you know him, because he remains with you and will be in you. Did you know that you have the helper inside of you? 
the Holy Spirit. Come on, that's so good. Jesus even said in John 16, it's to your advantage that I go away so that the fullness of the Spirit could be made manifest within you. So listen, I just want to answer a few quick questions and then we're going to dive into something more specific here. All right, so who are the gifts for? Everyone, but yes, believers. But they're for everyone. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7. I want you to look at 12, verse 7. What does it say? But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. So to each one means you. To each one. That means you. To each one has been given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. So listen, this gift is not just for pastors. It's not for Christians that we place on a pedestal because we see the anointing and the gifting that they carry and we go, I can't do that. You can do that. Not because you're doing anything. Because the Holy Spirit is at work within you. And he desires to heal people. He desires to set people free. He desires to give a prophetic word that edifies, that brings exhortation and consolation. He desires to come out, not just stay in. And we have this church, and we have this mindset in church sometimes where it's just like we're just going to stay in the comfort zone. And we're going to keep the Holy Spirit in an area where we're comfortable with because we're afraid if we get more, we're not sure what's going to happen. And can I tell you something this morning? I just want to diffuse this. Don't be afraid of the gifts. Don't be afraid of them. Come on. The Holy Spirit desires. He desires to pour out more. So I want to answer one more question. Do we each only have one gift? Or can you seek after certain spiritual gifts? And the answer is this. It is my belief that all of us as believers can walk in all of the gifts. Look at 1 Corinthians 12, 29. All are not apostles, are they? All are not prophets, are they? All are not teachers, are they? All are not workers of miracles, are they? All do not have gifts of healing, do they? All do not speak with tongues, do they? All do not interpret, do they? Now, based on that scripture, does it sound like we can have all the gifts? No, right? That's why I'm bringing it up. Because I don't want to just skirt around passages that are difficult to, to look at. So look at this. Based on this verse, it would seem that we don't have all the gifts, but I want you to look back at verse 28, okay? Look back at verse 28. What does verse 28 say? And God has appointed in the what? Church. First apostles, second prophets, and he continues to go down. What is he saying? He is saying not all may function in these gifts in a public gathering, but I do not believe that he is saying that each of us only have one gift. Because Paul, later on, in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1, look at that. It says, yet desire earnestly spiritual gifts. So Paul, it looks like he's contradicting himself. He's not contradicting himself. He's setting up order. He's setting up order, and order is important. So order in a church environment is important. Order in a public gathering is important. But he says desire earnestly. So you're to seek after the gifts, 
But then in a corporate environment, that's a little bit different. There has to be some order. That's what Paul is saying. Paul uses the word four to one, suggesting that some may operate in certain giftings. But it doesn't mean that we only have one. I believe that we can flow in all of the gifts. Now, I am very thankful for people that flow in a gifting, maybe more than I flow in a gifting. Amen? I am thankful that I, I have a certain degree of prophecy, but I'm thankful for Nikki Kamali. Come on, who walks in a realm of that gifting that I, I, don't, I don't walk, and that's okay, but I do walk in a realm of it. You can walk in that gifting. It doesn't mean that you're going to walk maybe in that gift of prophecy like Nikki or like someone that holds the office of a prophet, but you can prophesy. All of us can prophesy. Okay, let's continue. 1 Peter 4, verse 10, says this, As each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the multifaceted grace of God. I want you to see that Peter says each one has received. Does that mean that some haven't received and some haven't? No, it means to each one. It means everyone has received spiritual gifts. Everyone, every single person has access to these gifts. They're gifts, meaning what? The Holy Spirit gives them, you don't earn them. You don't get a merit badge in the Boy Scouts for, for, hey, you finally earned the gift of prophecy. You finally didn't do enough bad things, now you can speak in tongues. You, You finally... Like, you have the badge, so now you can heal people. No, 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 no. That's manipulation. That's bad. The Holy Spirit gives gifts. You get given a gift. The only stipulation is that we can ask for it. We can say, Lord, Holy Spirit, God, I thank you that you're going to give me a good gift. But the Holy Spirit gives gifts. It is his responsibility to give them. I think the principle in Matthew 7 applies where Jesus says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. Come on. Desiring earnestly means to seek eagerly. I don't know about you guys this morning, but when I read 1 Corinthians 12, what boils up inside of me is this desire to seek after the gifts earnestly. Like I'm going to chase after prophecy this morning. I'm going to seek earnestly. This is scriptural. We don't glorify gifts, but the gift giver. Anytime you see or experience one of the gifts of the Spirit being used in a way that doesn't point people directly to Jesus, then you need to be wary. You need to be so wary of influence. Because sometimes people use the gifts to gain influence, and what's behind that is actually a gospel that's man-made, not God. It's not God. It's not God. If you sense in your spirit that something is off, you need to listen to it. It's the Holy Spirit saying something's not right. Oh, let's, come on. Woo. There's a reason why 1 Corinthians 12 is sandwiched in between. 1 Corinthians 12 and 14 are sandwiched in between 1 Corinthians 13. Why? Because love. The minute that you lose love, the gifts get off. The minute that you lose love, the gifts get off. 
That's the reason why in 1 Corinthians 12, at the end of it, Paul says, but I show you a more excellent way. Why does he show you a more excellent way? Because love has to be the foundation of the gifts of the Spirit. It has to be the foundation of what we walk in. I'm not prophesying over you so I can show you what I can do. I'm not trying to heal you so that I have a testimony to share on Sunday. I'm doing it because I love you and I genuinely want you to know how God feels about you. I genuinely want you to experience freedom, to have healing in your body. Because I love you. Why? Because he loves me. The gifts serve a purpose. What's that purpose? This is super important. Point people to who? Jesus. And if that is not the purpose, you need to run. Because that's not operating in the order and in the proper place of what the gifts are meant to operate in. If I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but do not have love, I have become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. This is one of the things I saw in 2020 a lot. I saw a lot of noisy gongs and clinging cymbals. There was a lot of noise, but the noise sometimes was just noise. It wasn't rooted in love. It wasn't rooted in Jesus. Look beyond the noise and ask, is this pointing people to Jesus? Is this pointing me to Jesus? Because without love, the gifts become more about glorifying man than glorifying God. All right, everybody good with my intro? Okay, that was just the intro. Now we're going to dive in deep. Here we go, buckle your seatbelt. This morning I want to tackle one specific gift, and it is the gift of tongues. Come on, can we get more controversial? Let's do it. I love this gift. I love this gift. I also think this is one of the giftings that people are most afraid of. I really do. I think generally within charismatic and church environments, I think we're pretty used to prophecy. I think we're pretty used to healing. I think tongues is like, oof, stay away from that. But Paul says, what does he say? To another, various kinds of tongues, and to another, the interpretation of tongues. So these are gifts of the Spirit. So, I just, I think this gifting is one that needs understanding. I think people can come out, if you're around someone and you don't know what tongues is, you're like, is that person speaking gibberish? What, what are they saying? And I'm going to unpack this for us, okay? So listen, to the mind, the gift of tongues sounds like gibberish, but to God, you're actually declaring the will of God. And I'm going to show you that as we unpack this. So, again, two main types of tongues. If we look back at 1 Corinthians 12, there's two types. There's various kinds and interpretation. The various kinds of tongues includes these things. It includes your personal prayer language. It includes corporate expression that then requires that next gifting, which is the interpretation. And Paul gives that order and understanding in 1 Corinthians 14. We'll look at that in a minute. And then there's also tongues 
that the Holy Spirit actually uses to speak in another language. This is so cool. It's, it's Acts 2. It's what happened in Acts 2. They were speaking in one accord, tongues of fire, and what happened? Everyone could understand in their own language. That's amazing, and I've heard of this happening. I haven't personally walked in this, but I've heard of people literally starting to speak in tongues, and it comes out as Chinese. How cool is that? You can't do that. The Holy Spirit can do that. So those are the three different expressions there under various kinds of tongues. So the first time that we see the gift of various kinds of tongues use is at Pentecost. I just said that, so that's amazing. Mark 16, so this is Jesus. He says, these signs will accompany those who have believed. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will pick up serpents, and if they drink any deadly poison, it will not harm them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. All right, I want everyone to look at 1 Corinthians 14, verse 2. Is this making sense? This is a lot of content. I'm going to dig deep this morning. We're, gonna, we're, we're looking at this, okay? 1 Corinthians 14, verse 2. For one who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God, for no one understands, but in his spirit he speaks mysteries. Oh, I love this verse. Let's read on. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 14 says this. For if I pray in a tongue... My spirit prays, but my mind is what? Unfruitful. Whoa, that's wild. If I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful or unproductive, other translation says. He goes on to say, what is the outcome then? I will pray with the spirit, but I will also pray with the mind. I will sing with the spirit, but I will sing with the mind. For otherwise, if you bless God in the spirit only, how will the one who occupies the place of the outsider know to say amen at your giving of thanks since he does not understand what you're saying verse 17 for you are giving thanks well enough but the other person is not edified verse 18 i thank god i speak in tongues more than you all nevertheless in church i prefer to speak five words with my mind so that i may instruct others also rather than ten thousand words in a tongue so i'm going to briefly give you why paul is saying all of this okay because the other thing, the context of 1 Corinthians 14 is also that he's talking about prophecy being a superior gift. Yes? Okay. Why is he saying that? Why is one gift more superior than the other? Well, Paul is saying, and we have to keep this in mind. When you read the letters here, you have to keep something in mind. Who is Paul writing to? And what is he writing about? Okay, he's writing to the church at Corinth. What is he writing about? He's specifically talking about the context of a corporate church gathering. That's what he's talking about here. Where you have people that may not know Jesus. If someone that doesn't know, know Jesus comes in, tongues is a little like, well, I don't know about that, right? But prophecy speaks directly to them in their own language. So Paul is saying that is, when it comes to unbelievers, people who maybe don't know me, they don't have a grid for this, prophecy speaks in their own language, and so that is important in that context. Does that make sense? Okay, so this is why Paul is saying that. He doesn't mean overall, if you speak in tongues or operate in the gift of healing, that it's worse than prophecy. He's speaking to a specific situation in a church setting 
and he's talking about prophecy and tongues, and he's talking about how prophecy is the greater gift in that context. Does that make sense? In the context of a church gathering, a public church gathering, where there's unbelievers and prophecy from the pulpit, like me prophesying, has the ability to speak directly in your own language to their heart. Paul is saying that is really important in a church context. He's not saying the other gifts are not important. He's not saying they're less than. He's bringing context to a specific purpose in a specific environment. Okay? All right. And then Paul also says, I think God, I speak in tongues more than you all. And then he says, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 5, Now I wish that you all spoke in tongues. You can speak in tongues. Paul says, all, I want all of you to speak in tongues. My daughter, she, she, loves, she loves it when I speak in my personal prayer language in tongues. She's always like, Dada, what are you saying? And the other day we were at, um, we were at Emily's mom's house and she, she heard somebody over YouTube speaking in tongues and she said, Dada can interpret that. I was like, Jesus, no, I didn't. I'm like, Jesus, interpretation of tongues, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. That's right, that's right. He has the tool. So she loves it when I speak in tongues, and I love, I love that she loves it. Um, and so 1 Corinthians 14, 14 says, if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unproductive. At first glance, you're like, why do I want my mind to be unproductive? I'm going to tell you why. Because many times the fruit of your mind is fear. Many times the fruit of your mind is anxiety. Many times the fruit of your mind is being overwhelmed. Many times the fruit of your mind is fill in the blank. So why does this matter? Praying in tongues is you praying in the spirit bypassing your mind. Oh, that's so good. I don't know about you. I need to bypass my mind. I need to buy, I need to get out. I need to edify my spirit and not get caught up in here because I only know so much in here and sometimes this thing gets a little slanted and I need the spirit to bypass that. So when you hear someone say praying in the spirit, they're talking about utilizing the various gifts of tongues, the gift of that through the Holy Spirit. You are saying things you don't understand. Your mind is unproductive, unfruitful. That's great. Come on, sometimes we don't know what to pray. I remember one time, Adeline was waking up a lot at night, and she was just crying randomly, like just really upset in the middle of the night. And Emily and I would like go in there, we'd start praying and, you know, casting things out and, you know, going to war. Because we were like, we don't understand what's, what's happening here. And she was, this is when she was younger, so she, she couldn't exactly communicate in words exactly what she was feeling. And so we were just in this moment where we would sit down in her rocking chair. And I, I remember, I love, I love my wife, by the way. Um, and yeah, that, that is good, come on. And she, she would sit in the chair with Adeline and she would begin to speak in tongues. She would pray in the spirit. And I remember we had a conversation about it, and basically what it came down to was her and I came to an agreement that we no longer know what to pray. 
but the Spirit does. Sometimes I don't know what to pray. Sometimes I've prayed all the prayers I know to pray. I've prayed them all. I've prayed it from that angle. I've prayed it from this angle. I've done a 360 around this issue. And the Lord still listens to me even when I sound like a noisy gong in my prayer life sometimes, right? When I'm like, all right, I'm just going to pray it again, Lord. I'm going to pray it again. I'm going to pray it again until I see it happen. But sometimes, what if you speak in a language that bypasses your ability to pray something and actually prays what the Spirit is desiring to pray. Because I don't know about you, in that situation with my daughter, I didn't know what to do, but the Holy Spirit did. And when we started to pray in the Spirit using this personal language, it was like, and it sounds ridiculous, but I'm telling you there was breakthrough. Why? Because it's bypassing my mind. And it's entering into what God wants to do. How do we pray the will of God? Pray in the Spirit. Jude verse 20 says this, But you, dear friends, by building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. Building yourselves up. How? Praying in the Holy Spirit. That's praying, utilizing the gift of tongues. Again, 1 Corinthians 14, 2. In his spirit, he speaks mysteries. Romans 12, 2 says this. Do not be conformed, but be transformed by the what? Renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is. What happens when your mind is renewed? You prove what the will of God is. Why? Because you aren't getting your thoughts anymore. You're getting his. You can't transform your mind. He can. But we try to transform our minds. Only he can transform your mind. So what happens? What does transformation in the mind look like? Putting him in the driver's seat. The one way you put his will above your will is you pray, not just in the natural, but in the spirit. 1 Corinthians 2.13 says, we also speak these things, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the spirit, combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. Spiritual thoughts and spiritual words combine, not because it is your human wisdom or human human knowledge but it is those taught by the spirit that's so good my dad the other sunday when we had just the holy spirit was moving he specifically prayed from romans 8 verse 26 some of you remember this sunday this was just a couple weeks ago he said now in the same way this is what paul says the spirit also helps our weakness for we do not know what to pray as we should I don't know what to pray as I should sometimes. But what happens? The Spirit intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Sometimes when I don't know what to speak, I just, oh, Jesus, oh. And then sometimes it's tongues. It's groanings too deep for words. I don't have the words. I don't have the understanding, but the Spirit does. I believe that one of the things that Paul means by groanings is a tongue. 
So we allow the Spirit to intercede for us, which goes beyond our ability, our strengths, our weaknesses, and it allows the Spirit to pray what He desires to pray. So I'm going to give you four things that this gift of tongues does for the believer, okay? One, it builds up your faith. Two, it edifies your spirit. Three, it transforms your mind. And four, it allows you to pray his desires or his will, not yours. Praying in the spirit takes you out of your flesh and you begin to declare the will of God. Now, what does this gift look like? I was in, I remember when I was, I think I was 12 years old. I was down in the other building Lance Wallnow was here. Rick, you probably remember this moment. We were all there. We were in this place, and it was all of us young people. It was the youth. I was the youth at that time. <laughs> and we were gathered in a circle, and all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit fell. I mean, it was tangible. And I just remember Lance saying, speak. And I'm like, I don't know what to speak. And all of a sudden, this thing started coming up in me, and it was like, it just starts, it starts super simple with like one word. I was like, ka-ba-ba, 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 and it sounds crazy, right? And there's a whole bunch of us doing it, and it's, it's real, you know, it's like, okay, what, what are you doing? I don't know. What are you doing? I don't know. Ka-ba-ba, 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 ka-ba-ba. What are you praying? I don't know. Ka-ba-ba. And we're all just in this circle, and all of a sudden, this thing is welling up. And it was like this moment where the Holy Spirit rested upon us and what came out was a prayer language. So when I'm saying kababa, kababa, no one in this room, unless you have the gift of interpretation and I'm saying it out loud and you can interpret it, most of us aren't, we don't know what I'm saying. I don't know what I'm saying at this moment. But the Holy Spirit does. And it sounds weird to the mind. This is one of those things you have to get out of your mind. You have to get out of the seatbelt that sometimes we put ourselves in, where we buckle up and we're like, no, that's too weird. It's not weird. It's biblical. That's what I'm trying to get across this morning. This isn't a weird thing that's not found in the Bible. This is a gifting that the Holy Spirit wants to empower you with that will change your prayer life. This is the single most important gift to me personally. Because it has brought me through seasons of pain. It has brought me through seasons of suffering. It has brought me through seasons when I was contending. You want to know what offends the enemy? You praying something he doesn't understand. Come on. You want to know what will destroy the works of the enemy? Is when he has no idea what you're praying. And he's like, oh no. Because the Holy Spirit does. And I don't know what I'm praying, but I know, enemy, you don't know it because I'm not speaking in a natural language that you understand. I'm speaking in the Spirit, which has the ability to in- enact the will of God. Oh, man, is, is anybody else excited about this? Come on. It builds your faith, not because you're praying the best prayer you can possibly pray. But because you are literally praying in a language the enemy doesn't even understand. Listen, when you go to battle, bring this gift with you. Bring this gift with you. Arm yourselves with the gifts of the Spirit. Listen, there's a reason why I use the toolbox analogy. I think some of us, were battling the enemy and we haven't opened our toolbox. 
we're contending for breakthrough in something, and we have a drill that doesn't have a battery in it. And the Holy Spirit's like, put that gift in. Put that battery in and allow me to enact the will of God to drill that screw into the enemy to say, no, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to contend in the spirit for breakthrough. Oof, Jesus. I don't know what, what, what people need all the time when I'm praying, but the Holy Spirit knows what they need. The Holy Spirit, listen to this, I don't know exactly what people need, but God does. The Holy Spirit wants to empower your language through this gift to pray what is on God's heart. So we need to be armed with this. Now, I talked about the interpretation of tongues. What is the interpretation of tongues? The separate gift mentioned in 1 Corinthians 12. That is when someone begins to speak out loud in a declarative manner. How many were here a few weeks ago? And this happened on a Sunday. Does anyone remember this? Okay, we have some hands, right? There was a tongue that was uttered in a declarative fashion. This is not like, you're like, what, what, what? No, this is like, you know, like it's, you're declaring. It's beyond you just praying in your own prayer language. The Holy Spirit is actually declaring something through that language, through your tongue. And then there's an interpretation. This is what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14. He says, if anyone, this is verse 27, if anyone speaks in a tongue, two or three at the most should speak one at a time, and someone must interpret. If there's no interpreter, the speaker should keep quiet in the church and speak to himself and to God. So Paul makes this really clear. This is a church gathering. This is a gathering. This is a public gathering context. Because... Paul also says here that he should speak to himself and to God. What's he doing? He's not condemning tongues. He's not saying don't pray in a prayer language. He's saying when you're in a gathering like this and there's a declarative tongue that is released for all to hear, there needs to be an interpretation because that is the order that Paul outlines in 1 Corinthians 14. Okay? And so here in this house, this is what we believe. So when a tongue is uttered, the other day, that tongue was uttered, and it was interpreted by the same person. So oftentimes, that'll happen, but sometimes that won't happen. Sometimes somebody will declare something, and somebody else over in this quarter has the interpretation, and they will release that. And then sometimes interpretation also can be where you just know it. You don't necessarily even interpret it out loud, but you know what that person is saying. Does that make sense? Okay. So these are two gifts, but they flow together. They're separate gifts, but they flow together. The interpretation flows typically in a corporate environment, but it can be in other environments too, where you just have an understanding in your native tongue of what this means, even, even partially. Okay, can I go ahead and have just some keys would be great. Why is this important? for the season that we're in as a church. Some of you, I know that was, this was a lot. This is like a fire hydrant. We, we, we hooked up to a fire hydrant today. I feel really strongly, and actually I couldn't sleep last night, and I was like, Lord, wh what's going on? Like, I'm usually, like sometimes I can struggle sleeping, but normally not to where I don't sleep, like basically at all. And I was like, Lord, what's going on? And the Lord 
the Lord told me, he said, I'm awakening a spirit of revival. And I said, Lord, what does it look like? And he said, it looks like churches that are the spirit and the word coming together and releasing something new. And I believe that this gift, for where we are, this is us going deeper. We have to go deeper. And I just, I believe that he is marking us right now and that there is a season that we are stepping into, that we are already in, where the Holy Spirit is crashing in on our agendas. He's disrupting the norm of what church is supposed to look like. One way that you disrupt the norm is the gifts of the Spirit. Walking in the fullness of it. And so I just believe that the Lord wants us to go deeper. I believe that he wants us to make ourselves available this morning. To step out in obedience and to lean in. This is a season where not to stand on the sideline, but to lean in. We need to lean in. And I believe that this gift of tongues, personal prayer language, I feel like the Lord wants to arm us with this as a body for us to lean in to what he's doing. He wants to take us deeper. So how do we walk in this gifting? 1 Timothy 4 verse 14 says, Do not neglect the spiritual gift within you. So don't neglect the gifts, meaning to use them. Tyndale says, God's gift, like, like the talent, must never be left unused. So how do we do this? We step into it. Listen, we choose to step into this particular gifting. We choose to do it. I can have a personal prayer language and never use it. I can have the gift of prophecy and never use it. I can have the gift of healing and never use it. Because the Holy God wants us to step out. So this is something that we will, we choose to operate in this gifting. Paul says, I, I speak in tongues more than you all. What does that mean? He means Paul did it all the time. You can choose to pray in the Spirit whenever you want. There's not like a, hey, only pray when you're feeling uber spiritual. You know, only pray in tongues when you're at church. No, this is a gift that you can utilize in your car. You can utilize it in your quiet time. You can utilize it when you're here, when you're worshiping Jesus and we're leading in worship and someone says pray in the Spirit. You can pray in your own tongue that releases the will of God into the atmosphere. All right, let's stand. So how do we receive this gift? In 1 Corinthians 12, Paul says, earnestly desire. What does that mean? Seek after. 1 Corinthians 14, 12 says, since you are zealous of spiritual gifts. I'm zealous for spiritual gifts. So Paul is exhorting the Corinthian church to eagerly seek. What does that mean? I believe it means this. It is his responsibility to give them, but it is our place to ask. Matthew 7, ask and it will be given to you. We said that. I believe this morning that the Holy Spirit wants to give us gifts. And specifically, I believe praying in the Spirit, various kinds of tongues. I believe that he wants to release that, that specific gifting this morning.
So here's what I want to do. This is going to be very uncomfortable for some of you, and that's amazing. Because we're going to get uncomfortable. We're going to go all in. We're going to wade into the deep end, okay? Those of you that have your prayer language, I want you to begin just to pray in the Spirit to yourself. Okay? If you don't have your personal prayer language, and you're like, I don't, I don't know if I've ever spoken in this before. I don't really know what this is. I'm a little wary of it. I just want you to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal this gift to you. I want you to ask him for it. Jesus, we ask you, Lord, that you would release this this morning. And many times when you ask for it, sometimes it just starts with one word. I just want you to say that word even if it sounds ridiculous. Because it's going to sound ridiculous to your mind. Whatever word comes to mind, just begin to say it. Say it over and over and over again. It doesn't have to be this fluent thing right away. This is where the practicing comes in. It comes in where we continue saying it and we get more fluent in this language. So just begin to speak out loud. Hey, come on. Just pray in the spirit out loud. Jesus, Holy Spirit, I ask you that you would release this gift that you would awaken this gift on the inside of us, Lord. Come on, some of you, you just need to step out. Just take that step of faith. Come on. Jesus. Don't overthink it. Don't get caught in your mind. Jesus. Jesus, would you get us out of our minds, Lord? Would you give us, get us out of our minds, Lord? Would you get us out of our minds, Lord? Jesus. Come on, just a little bit longer. Jesus. Come on, let's... Let's let's bring it up a notch. Let's bring it up one more notch. Come on. Jesus. Come on, just speak it out. Jesus, we thank you for this gift, Lord. We thank you for this gift. We thank you. We thank you, Lord, and we just release what Paul said. He said, I speak in tongues more than you all, Lord. So we just ask you that you would release this gifting, Lord, this morning. We thank you that we don't have to strive for it, that you freely give. You freely give. So would you give this morning? Would you give gifts? Would you empower us? Would you awaken it within us? Jesus. Come on, I believe that this is awakening a sound within us. It's awakening a sound. Let's let's bring it up even more. Let's bring it up higher. Oh, shanda Jesus. Lord, you're awakening groanings too deep for words. Jesus. Oh, 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 oh. Ooh. Ooh. 
us. Some of you, you already know you're stepping into something new. You're stepping in. Keep going, keep going, keep going. Just a little longer, come on. Come on, if you haven't said anything, just speak something out. Even if it starts in your own language, just speak something out right now. Some of you, you just need to say, Jesus, 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 until it turns into something. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Be glorified, Lord. Be honored, Lord. Be glorified. Be honored. Holy is the Lord. Holy is the Lord. Let's just go five minutes. Let's let's really cry out for something. Oh, Jesus. We cry out, Lord. We thank you, God, that we, we are your resting place, oh God. We are your resting place, oh God. Jesus, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, King of glory. Come have your glory within us. Have your way, Lord. Oh, release a cry from your people, Lord. Release us into a new season, God. Oh, some of you, you're getting free of anxiety. You're getting free of anxiety. Come on, there's been a battle in your mind, and the Lord's freeing you right now as you're releasing a sound, as you're releasing a cry. Oh, Lord, would you allow us to bypass our minds and step into the Spirit? Jesus, just come together in one accord and we just cry out that you would release more in this season Lord that you would release more God Lord you keep bringing to my mind 
the vow that David made in Psalm 132 where he said, I will not sleep and I will not slumber until I have found a resting place, a habitation for the Lord. And I feel that what the Lord is doing is he is resting upon us in a fresh way. So Lord, right now we cry out as a body and we say, Lord, would you come and rest on us in a fresh way in this season? Would you rest on our families? Would you rest in our homes? Would you rest in, on our hearts, Lord? Jesus, that we would cry out as David did. We will say, Lord, would this be your resting place? Lord, my heart is your resting place, Lord. Come rest upon me in a fresh way. Lord, we contend and we cry out, God, that you would release revival, God, not because we're crying out for just some movement, but because we individually step into the fullness of what that looks like. Lord, we're asking for a new move, God, a new move, Lord. Jesus, come rest on us. Come rest on us. Jesus. 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 Wow. Jesus. 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 If I could go, if I could have our ministry teams come forward. And also, we have a kids' prophetic team. It's going to be right over here in this corner over here. They are ready to prophesy. Come on. So if you, if you want a prophetic word tonight, if you're like, I, I need a word, I want you to come over here and we have amazing kids with, with adults that are ready to prophesy. They're ready to release the word of the Lord, the gift of prophecy. turn off the noise, turn into me. She said, turn off the noise, turn off the noise, tune into me. Some of you, we need to turn off the noise. Come on, tune into what he's doing. Tune into what God is doing. What are you doing on the earth, Lord? What are you doing on the earth, Lord? Jesus. If you need prayer, I just want to encourage you to come up. Love to pray for you. Let's just stay in this place. If you want to just linger here, we can let's just linger in this place. <laughs> 